Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by exalting the glory of God, sharing and showing the love of Christ, and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now here's this week's message. My mama told me something when I was growing up that has forever changed my life. She played the piano at our little church at 3rd and Pine Street for 37 years. She tried to teach me to play the piano, <laughs> but I wasn't very good. She would teach me the names of the notes, what a major key is, what a minor key is. She tried to teach me musical theory, but I was just bored. Then, one day, she told me that the best news in the world is found by playing a simple scale on the piano. I had no idea what she meant, so she told me to play an eight-note scale. So I did. I said, how is that good news? And she said I played it incorrectly and that I needed to play it the other way. So I did. Again, I said, how is that good news? And she said, I played it the right way, but I needed to add the pauses. The pauses? She said, the pauses. Add them on the first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. Now, I was frustrated and said, how can eight notes with random pauses be the best news in the world? Then I got up, walked away, and went outside. Frankly, I didn't care what she was talking about. I didn't like playing the piano anyway. Well, years later, my mama got sick and passed away. As I was thinking about her, I remembered what she told me about the piano. Not only that, I still remember the notes she told me to pause. The first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. So I sat down at her piano and played the scale with the pauses. And that's when I realized the good news she was talking about. So, uh, once again, let me wish everyone a Merry Christmas, and um, each year, uh, when we roll into the month of December, we try to come up with a theme around Christmas and take that all the way right through Christmas Eve, and I don't know if you guys remember or how many were here or were paying attention a couple of years ago, um, sorry, wrong way, a couple of years ago, we did a series, I think it was called How the Grinch Stole Christmas, or it might have been just The Grinch or something like that. Anybody remember that? Yeah, we were just not so much focusing on the Grinch, but how, and you probably heard a lot about it on social media and TV, how uh, not so much from the standpoint of non-Christians are trying to take Christmas away from Christians, but the series was more on the fact of how Christians are not focusing enough on Christmas and the birth of Christ and how we're kind of letting it slip away. And then last year, uh, we did Christmas Through the Ages, 
where we did Christmas in like the, the whole uh, Scrooge time period, which was like the 1800s. Uh, then we did World War II era. And then we did I Love the 80s, which was an awesome time period. Some of you, well, most of you will remember the 80s, all right? Um, I wanted to wear like MC Hammer pants for that, but Christy wouldn't let me. But this year, we were talking about gifts, the gifts that mostly the wise men had. And it wasn't so much to focus on their gift giving, but to focus on the greatest gift that we have received, that God has given to humanity, which is the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, but we did talk about the gifts that the wise men gave, and they gave, just a quick recap, gold, which was a gift for a king. They gave uh, incense, which was a gift for a priest. And they gave myrrh, which was a gift that you give for a burial, which, unless you are the Son of God, is the creepiest gift ever. Wouldn't recommend it. But the incense they gave was because the wise men knew that Jesus was supposed to be the high priest of his people. The gold they gave because they knew he was supposed to be the king of his people. And the myrrh they gave, which is used in funerals because they knew that as the Christ, the Messiah, uh, that he was going to die for his people. Now, I want to share a passage of scripture with you, and then we'll jump into, like, the whole gift-giving thing really quickly. And some of you are familiar with this passage, Matthew chapter 2. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and they and we have come to worship him. And now, let me ask this, because I'm sure many people have lots of traditions around Christmas uh, like decorating traditions. Does anybody have decorating traditions? Decorate a certain way? Okay. Uh, and Christmas uh, present exchange traditions. Uh, how many people do it on Christmas Eve? How many people wait till Christmas Day? Yeah. Some do, some do both, you know. Um, when I was a kid, there was the one gift at Christmas Eve, and then the rest you got to open on Christmas Day. Um, and if it was a good gift at Christmas Eve, you stayed up till Christmas Day playing with it anyway. So uh, no big deal. But um, the whole focus that we as Christians uh, and that we want to communicate to people is, hey, one of the reasons we give gifts is not just because it's cool and not just because it's fun. It's we give gifts because of the birth of Christ, because God has given us the greatest gift that you could ever receive. And what we're supposed to do is what the wise men did. We're supposed to worship Jesus on this day. Now, I realize that the gifts make, make a, 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 a huge impact and the decorating and the fun. And I like singing most of the non-Christian Christmas songs like Rudolph and Santa Claus and Frosty and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the midst of everything else and forget that it's supposed to be about worshiping Jesus Christ. Now, the rest of this passage in verse 9, it says, After they had heard the king, the king who said, Hey, go and worship him and then you know, tell me where he is because I want to come worship him too, King Herod. Uh, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And if you have a King James Version, it says of frankincense, but they're kind of all the same thing. But this is, this is where we get the modern-day 
Christmas celebration from? First and foremost, they were overjoyed. They were rejoicing at the thought of, for them, celebrating and worshiping the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, when they did get to see him, they worshiped him, and then they exchanged gifts. Now, granted, they didn't, like, put a tree up and lights and all of that kind of stuff, but this is the modern-day Christmas celebration. Now, the part that we kind of focus on, and, and there's nothing wrong with it, is the giving of gifts. And there are a couple of rules about gift-giving, and Diana touched on some when she was talking about the golden uh, part of our series, but um, I just want to touch on three that are not crucial, but if you nail all three of these, you, you are gold for gift-giving forever. So all the spouses, husbands, focus in. This is like a win-win-win. And your wife may not admit it to you tonight or even on the way home, but you nail all three of these, you are golden, all right? So first one is give a gift that has value. It doesn't have to be expensive. I've said before, it can be inexpensive, just not cheap. Although, uh, I was at the dollar store, and Sharon Johnson came up and said, what are you doing? You're not supposed to give cheap gifts. I was like, this is stuff for me. I'm just racking up on stuff for me. But uh, inexpensive is okay. But if it has value, if it means something, if it's one of those things that they're going to cherish, then it doesn't matter how much it costs. And if you can make it something that has value that's personal, like you just went up on the Shock Your Mama scale. It's like awesome. All right, so gifts that have value. Second one, equally important, give gifts that are identifiable. Now, by identifiable, I don't mean like they pull it out of the box and go, what in the ham sandwich is this? Identifiable meaning if no one puts a name on it and they walk into a room and they open it and they see it, they're going to go, oh, my gosh, I know this was from my husband. Only he would have thought of something this creative, this wonderful, this personal. No one has to tell them it's from you. They identify this gift had to come from you. No one else on the planet would have thought to give me this except for whoever. Now, let me give you an example really quick. Um, I'm not going to tell you what I got, Christy, because she's here. But I'm going to tell you what I got her father-in-law because he doesn't listen to these podcasts anyway. So um, I got him. Anyone ever hear of the Amazon Fire Stick? Okay, it's pretty much, anyone ever hear of Roku? Okay, all right. Pretty much one of these little USB things, you plug it in the back of your TV, turns your TV into a USB device. I mean, it, it lets you get, you know, the Netflix, the Hulu Plus, all that stuff. Makes your TV a smart TV, but it's not like the big DVD player devices. And I think uh, right now he has a thing called Google TV, which is huge, bigger than the DVD player, but it's kind of outdated. For some reason, they're not getting all the stuff they want. So I got him this, and weeks, 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 weeks before. Uh, now, the added bonus, I don't know if you can see it over here, um, but where it says two days only, slash from 39 $19, half price, even though it's for Christie's dad. Bonus, because I got it couponed. It was half price, so she's happy. I mean, so uh, rule number one, all right, has value. Right? It, he's going to be able to use this. It it's, it's didn't cost a lot. It was 20 bucks. I mean, you, you can't argue with that for something that's going to let you, you know, stream on TVs and all that stuff. Even though if at regular price, most of those things are 35 or $40. Has value. Know he's going to enjoy it. Uh, rule number two, um, 
when we see him tomorrow, out of all the 12 or 13 people that will be in the house, without putting a tag on it, when he opens it and he looks around the room, he's going to know that had to come from me. If not me, someone else who probably isn't there. Because looking around at his wife, his children, <laughs> and all the other people in the house, none of them would have thought to get him anything like this. Uh, so rule number one, value. Inexpensive. Rule number two, identifiable. He's going to know that this came from Floyd. Now, uh, here's the third rule, and this is important. Value, identifiable. Uh, this is the important one. Give gifts that are shareable. It's great if you give a gift that someone can put on display, or it's great if you give a gift that they can, like, wear, and people say, oh, look at that, that's jewelry, or that's earrings, or that's, you know, a blouse, or whatever that someone got for you. But if it's something that they can use and share with other people, then that's great. That's that, that takes it to a whole nother level because now they're not just able to enjoy it. They're able to continue to enjoy it and enjoy it with other people. And I'm telling you, if you do this spouse-wise, do this spouse-wise, and I'm, this is actually, I won't tell you what I got for Christy. I'll put it in the Facebook the following day after what I got for her. But it has value. Uh, she actually gave me a list of, of criteria. Her rules are different. It, it cannot take up space. Um, it cannot require maintenance. Uh, and there's like six other things on the list that I don't forget, but I haven't written down. Um, so valuable, identifiable. She's going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that, oh, only Floyd would think to get this for me, something shareable that she will be able to enjoy and enjoy with other people. And I told her, don't worry about getting me anything because I'm going to enjoy you using the gift that I got for you. I'm going to get so much joy out of it, all right? Now, all of these rules, all of these rules, Check, check, and check. It would, it would fit the criteria, yeah. <laughs> but no. Uh, now, here's the thing. All of these rules are the rules that, are, that take place in the Christmas narrative. Not so much in the story and the account of the wise men, but all of these rules we see in what God gives to us in the birth of Christ. He gives us his son, and nothing, nothing, and any parent in the room will tell you, nothing is more valuable to you than your children, and he gives us his son, uh, born as a baby. He is, it's, it's identifiable because although there are over 300 prophecies in the Bible that talk about the birth of Christ, I mean, the most powerful, we just read one of the powerful ones, they came and they said, where is the king of the Jews supposed to be born? And they said, here's where he's going to be born. And they went there and there he was. But one of the most powerful ones is that born of a virgin. So that no one can say that this was, this was so-and-so's doing or so-and-so's doing. Everyone has to be able to say, wow, that had to come from God. And it's shareable. Because this Christmas season, is all about us telling people about the birth of Christ and about the greatest gift that God could ever give to humanity, his son, Jesus Christ. And God set the standard on gift giving by giving us something that was more precious than anything in the universe, something that can only come from him, 
something that he wants us to share with others. Now, we're going to do something a little different. We've never done this during a Christmas service, but we're going to partake of communion. And um, this is what communion is about. It's, it's about celebrating the fact that God loved us enough that he gave his only son to die for us, but that's only made possible by the gift that he gave to us, the birth of Christ. So let me share this passage of scripture with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. He says, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, I love the word supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And his death, burial, and resurrection, the things that allows us to have a relationship with him is only made possible by the gift that he gives to us. The birth of his son, Jesus Christ. Now, it's a good thing that there's only you know, a small amount of people here. So I'm going to ask everyone to come all together at once. And we're just going to all stand around here. And just so anyone knows, I'm pulling the bread out of here, but it wasn't laying in hay, okay? 